0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange, Leadership Tools and Strategies. So thrilled to have you in here in mid-June, excited for an amazing program ahead of us today with Rebecca Howard, Executive Director of The Fuse Project. Before we jump into our conversation with Rebecca and learn more about what's happening at The Fuse Project, I want to encourage you to take a look at the June issue of Nonprofit Performance Magazine. You can see that on our website at centervisionleadership.org slash magazine. Our new issue, our June issue is focused on giving for impact. We recognize there's a ton of changes that have happened in the nonprofit sphere and giving and the way that we think about it is continually changing. So we're recognizing things like Uh, crowdfunding platforms like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and the way that they're impacting the way that we think about fundraising. We've got a millennial generation who's changed the way that we think about big donor versus small donor. We're seeing folks focus more and more in grant processes, on collaboration. We're seeing a lot of conversation about metrics and evaluation tools. And so we wanted to focus in on this issue, and we're so thrilled to have Adam Grant as our featured guest on the cover Adam as you know is is the author of give and take it's an amazing book and i want to encourage you to take a look at it so here we are as we extend that conversation we wanted to bring in the fuse project rebecca howard is our guest she's the executive director of the fuse project they're a 501c3 organization based out of mobile alabama which is where i'm located and they're doing amazing things so rebecca hello Good afternoon, how are you Todd? I'm doing fantastically well. So thrilled that, that you could join us. Uh, tell us a little bit if you would about what the Fuse Project is, such a, a unique name. Absolutely, so in a nutshell,
1: um, I know everybody has their thing of how they describe their own nonprofit, and and one of the pillars about who we wanted to be, um, breaking it down, we support specifically children's projects. And so it's not so much about just writing that big check And hoping for the best. It's about creating these contacts and relationships with existing partners in the community to change the lives of children locally. And that's something else that we believe in too, is keeping that money local. Um, And that's where we are as far as the type of fundraising that we do. And it's something that I think our community partners really like. They like to help us get in with these fundraising, knowing that the dollars that they're pulling out of their pockets are staying right here in Mobile, Alabama. And so we started in 2012, so very relatively new on the nonprofit spectrum by eight young professionals. At the time, we were all under the age of 33, I believe. um, Maybe even 30, to say very honestly, when it was started. And we've seen unbelievable growth since then due to these wow factor events that we put on. And so we don't do 5Ks or silent auctions, golf tournaments to raise hundred thousand dollars. We want to create events that shock and awe the public. Something um, we always say is, if it's not wow, it's not worth doing.
0: Mm, mm, I love that. Um, and, and let me let me hone in on something here, and I think it's really important. A a group of eight millennials. Yes. Okay. A group of eight millennials came together, and that's one of the things we talked about back in March. And I'm going to real quickly, briefly throw up the March issue of our magazine, uh, which focused on millennials in the nonprofit world. And I, I say that because there's a lot of focus on, on what millennials do and how they think. And, and one of the things that you just talked about was this, this wow factor, this idea of how do we stretch mm-hmm. the way that we typically think about things. And I think that's a really exciting thing for any nonprofit, is, is how do we step back from our typical way of doing and thinking and how do we embrace the opportunities for new ideas? And, and talk a little bit about that wow factor, because I know from my experience with, with Fuse, I know some of the stuff that you guys do. But, but how does this come about? I mean, how, how does somebody say, oh, gosh, you know, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let, let's do this and let's raise funds. But let's, let's not worry about, you said the mm-hmm. silent auction. Let's, let's yeah. not worry about the bake sale. Let's do. It's about really not
1: saying no to any idea. Okay. I, I personally believe there's never a bad time for a good opportunity. Yes. And so while 99 out of 100 ideas we might throw out, if that one had not come along, it, you know, this, these wow factor events might not have happened. It's, you know, we come together, the eight of us, nine of us, we're a small group, but growing. Yes. Um, and we brainstorm. It takes an enormous amount of creativity. And so I think while a lot of nonprofits sometimes might focus on, Um, different aspects, whether it be, I don't know, different types of planning or focus groups, we make sure that we keep a large percentage of what we do into creativity Into not just saying that can't happen or that's going to be too much money or there's no way anyone would buy into this idea. It's about coming up with this idea and and a lot of us, we kind of know it in our gut when we hear something and then we kind of say, okay, if, if it's a logistical problem, that can always be solved. Well, logistics are never the issue we can figure
0: our way around that that's interesting and i, I love that concept uh, there's a book that's out right now about creativity called yes and um, mm-hmm. and and i you talked about never saying we're, we're not so much saying no to the idea as we are maybe saying yes and so it's it's okay yes and if this is an issue we'll do this to take care of it and i, th- I think there's just something really interesting about that because we tend to think about creativity in the realm of, of big corporate entities. So you know we think about Nike and we think about Coca-Cola. We think about places even now with an with an Uber or somebody that's disruptive in the market. Um, and what you guys have done, uh, we talk about creating a spark. The Fuse Project. You guys have have lit a a, a huge spark here mm-hmm. in Mobile, Alabama, and and not only really raising funds but but truly having impact. So. Yeah. Where did it all start? Like what's what's the piece that really lit the, lit the fire and boomed it for you guys?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you and it's a very honest story. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the people who founded this organization we were sitting at these meetings that I think many communities have of young professionals, young people interested in volunteering or being involved in philanthropy. They sit at these meetings where they essentially plan what's going to be said at the next meeting. And they're turning their wheels until all of a sudden there might be a holiday dinner to raise money for a children's hospital. And But you sit through months of meetings and then you do the same event every year. And you have a meeting to plan your next meeting. And they're hit a point where we're, we're just like, what are we doing? We are young. We have great ideas. We believe in ourselves. And we have an energy level that a lot of people don't have. So what a better cocktail to say to get some things done. And so we all came together. And it's an incredible thing. You know, in 2012, we started off with this New Year's Eve party. Uh, we are in Mobile, Alabama, so we don't have Times Square to celebrate New Year's. And so we created this market for something. The The market was there, and um, we held this complete blowout New Year's Eve party. Everything, thousands of balloons were dropped, mm-hmm. and uh, something... That that was just such a small example of where we came to grow to be, because uh, what's interesting is we have now transitioned to other events. Uh, we do a dragon boat festival now. Uh, we just completed our second year of doing that, and so talking about growth in terms of the innovative ideas. And I specifically, you know, I think of innovation in terms of like practical creativity. Mm-hmm. And so we take that and going from a New Year's Eve party where we were able to make donations to these children's projects at about you know, $1,000, $2,000, our first year of doing a Dragon Boat Festival, which was not heard of, completely new concept for here, um, we raised $100,000. So okay. going from don- Hold on a
0: second. Hold on a second. Dragon Boat Festival, what is it? And $100,000 your first time doing the event.
1: So we, uh, Mobile is in the Delta, down on the Gulf of Mexico, and so we had this unbelievable platform waiting for us to take hold, which is something to be said, you know, we looked at the, there's a market for the New Year's Eve party, we had this incredible water system that allowed for something like this to happen, and we worked with this incredible company that came down, brought down dragon boats, and so you might be asking to yourself, what is a dragon boat? They are 46 foot long. Chinese style rowboats, And so we worked with different community businesses, Sunday school classes, uh, college groups to put together teams, teams of 21. They got into these 46 foot long boats and then for an entire day they race each other down a river. And so we created this entire atmosphere of a festival festivals of something that's really growing in popularity from music festivals, food truck festivals across the nation, people wanting to come together and celebrate and enjoy a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what we did. We created an entire separate world outside of our city. Um, and, And that's something to think about too, is while we think so much about creativity, fuse project does something else we really think about, um, which is a little bit Disney World-esque, is is customer experience, guest experience, donor experience. We want to think about, okay, if somebody's coming to this event, what are their greatest things they're looking forward to? What are the things that could cause them the most irritation? And we fully plan ways around it to where we can funnel people into the good, avoid the bad, create um, this entire atmosphere to where they get there, and from start to finish, they are wowed that that wow factor will always be there
0: yeah that's really interesting and and you you hit on the word experience and I want to touch on that for a second because um, we're reading more and more research about experience over product you know when we have a chance to spend dollars we all do um, the lasting feel that we have for experience is higher than a product Mm -hmm. Now that's an interesting thing. You stop and you think about it for a second. Taking your family on a vacation is, is got more lasting effect than maybe buying a, a, a new something for your house. Well,
1: you create memories. You tug at the heart with that. And at the heart of who we are as nonprofits, we're here for change. And, um, it's hard to put a dollar on amount on something that you can't hold and that's not tangible. And so that's why that experience aspect is so important is because you, it's like taking these, your, your potential donors out on a date essentially
0: hmm. you want
1: to yeah. show them who we are, who they are and why we want to work together.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I love, um, folks, you'll, you'll have a chance uh, here on, the, on the, the webpage here as you're watching the video to be able to see a link back to the Fuse Project website, to be able to see some of the photos, because I think that's one of the things that's really valuable about what you've done, is you talk about creating and curating an experience, is to be able to see it was just, uh, we're we're talking a week ago, uh, in essence, that uh, we were watching these Fuse Boat Project uh, boats travel, travel down in our area, and the community, the community is is absolutely involved. And, and Rebecca, how many people in total would you say came out to the event? So
1: the event that was six days ago was year two, and so that was a really interesting thing to come off of year one with the success that we had raising a hundred thousand dollars, which we we didn't expect our first year, but we're not. You know, of course we're excited about it. Absolutely. Year we're going into it um, really put a heavy heavy emphasis on PR and communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, So Saturday comes along of last week, and we are right now. We're guesstimating that we had between um, five and six thousand spectators alone. Um, We had one thousand participants, and we raised. We're still having money come in at the moment. We, as of this morning, we're at one hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars.
0: Five to six thousand spectators, and one hundred and fifty-three thousand to date. To date
1: still coming in and that's what's so exciting is we curate these moments. And, and curate, is somewhat even a cold word because it's so much more than that. We're not fabricating anything. It's in the essence of who we are as an organization and the causes that we support. Um, the, the different projects that the funding that we raise goes to, we want to make sure it's where the heart of the community is. Mm-hmm. And so while many organizations do these grant processes or or um, something a little bit more detailed, our biggest thing is get in touch with us. Have a cup of coffee with us because who better than, the, than your next-door neighbor or somebody you see at the grocery store to tell you where the heart of the community is?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I love this concept here because what we're talking about is we're talking about recognizing where community intersects. Um, and, and that's, I think, one of the things that's really exciting about the way, the way that Fuse has has operated and where it's going from a missional standpoint is it's recognizing I mean, obviously there's a heart in our community and, and in most communities for youth based projects. Okay. Mm-hmm. For for projects, how do we how do we grow our school systems? How do we grow our youth sports? How do we recognize and give value and kind of curate their experience so that they can grow uh, but you guys are doing it in a very unique way because you're bringing together young and old. You're bringing together all parts of a community mm-hmm. to have these conversations. And I want to dig back into this concept of, of innovation here because I think this tends to be an area that we get stuck on. Um, so so now we're going to play the projection game a little bit with you, Rebecca. It, it's, it's now, it's not 2015, it's 2020. Okay. And you've run six dragon boat races and it starts to get a little stale.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, that's actually the, that's the crazy part about this whole thing. We've, we've been thinking about 2020 since last year. While we're planning to continue to do dragon boat, the something to really keep in mind is the lifespan of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially given the fact that we're this organization that people now recognize if you're going to go to one of your their events, it's never going to be the same as it was last year and you're always going to leave amazed. And so even now that's something that's interesting because it does take so much time and energy to plan an event like Dragon Boat. We do have to go ahead and start devoting all that creativity into what is 2020. It's about doing research now. Um, it's about even just creating lists of words or images or pictures of what you find exciting in a daily life. I mean, whether it's um, a small meal with a friend or something, but something that ignites that spark internally in you can be amplified and altered in a way to create these events. And then even maybe taking some of these different exciting factors, combining them into each other and creating something completely unique. And then that's not also to say that research plays so much into it. There's so many innovative minds around the nation and around the world who are coming up with these ideas as well. And so to reach out and speak with them saying, okay, this is interesting. Did this work for you? Did it not? How did the community respond? And creating those connections with other people is really valuable, incredibly important in developing these one-of-a-kind events.
0: Yeah. And and I think, I don't want to take away from what the Fuse project has done, but for you it may not be. For your organization it may not be, uh, as Rebecca referred to it, a wow event that may not fit with the tenor of your organization or your mission. So the key is thinking about how do you take what she talked about. I I love uh, the concept here of just sitting down with words. I, I do that kind of stuff regularly. And if you were all looking with me, you could see, uh, where, where I've got words just written down that, that are part of that, what are the feel that I want people to have? What are the experience that we want people to have? So how do you find, for your organization, that experience? How do you define the outcome and then work and allow people space to get there? And I think that's one of the cool things that I've seen out of, out of the Fuse Project, out of Rebecca and, and, and the board of the Fuse Project, and the way that the community has surrounded it, there's a target in mind, and you guys are working to that. So, so okay, you're doing that. That's a big event. How do you then, as, as a giver, because you guys are both recipient and giver, how do you as giver take some of that same creative and innovative process with you as you go back to care for those organizations that you're working with?
1: Really, we build them in the entire way.
0: Mm. So
1: they are at the heart of the event as well. And so last week, the event that we had, all of the causes that we supported, not only were represented, but we even had kids there. We had them meeting the rowers. We had them interacting with the rowers. We had, um, and then leading up to it, it's, it's a balance about promoting your event but then also educating the public about why we're doing it in the first place. Because that's really when I think about something that's newsworthy. Yes, in a news cycle, these events do get covered, but really, it's fascinating to see these kids' lives change for forever. That's really what's important. And so, building them, even as we're planning the event, those people that we're writing the checks to are there from the start. They're in the heart, and even like in the words that we're using to promote to plan, when we have logistical meetings about the mapping of where certain things are going to be placed during an event, they're at the heart of that too. And then afterward, it's about following through with them. Because when we connect with these incredible different projects, um, I guess to define projects a little bit, um, we don't just write a check. We say we're working with, for instance, a group of parents who live in a community who want a safe place for the kids to play. So we meet with them and not only do we meet with them, we create an actual blueprint plan for a park, find the money, hire the people, have it done. And then once it's completed, we educate the community about it. And so these people who specifically funded this project get to see a specific result as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think that there's something to that. Again, when we talk about an event, we're talking about not just the event, but we're talking about, the experience building up to it and, and really how we come down from it. Talk then about, because you've moved from year one to year two and, and you grew from $100,000 and gifts to $150,000. How is it that you're able to, to create that lasting relationship? And I, I know if you're watching you may think, ah, oh, one year is not a lasting relationship. But many organizations struggle to sustain a donor even across the, an annual cycle. Mm-hmm. How, how is it that you guys were able to do that? Because I'm, I'm certain if you're talking about 5,000 to 6,000 spectators coming out to watch and you're talking about the amount of, of funding that has come in, you've sustained a large percentage of, of the giving base as well as the support base. How did you do that?
1: I really have to say it comes down to personal connection. And so with we're going to keep with the Dragon Boat example just because that's what we're working with. Sure we had 45 different teams. Each team has 21 people. So automatically where the numbers are getting up there, Mm -hmm. But then let's say we have so many sponsors, but in each of those places, there's a contact and it's really about taking the time to get to know these people. I mean, I, I really do think that as an organization, we took the time to get to know every single team captain. In essence, we get to understand that business. Why did they want to sign up in the first place? Is it just as a team building atmosphere or is it because they wanted to just donate to something good and local? Um, talking with our sponsors is the same reason. Why do they want to be involved? And we get to know these people, reach out to them and in the same way. And when you create that contact and connection and relationship with almost that team leader, it filters down into the people that they interact with as well. And then that's something else to mention about creating this experience is because you don't just create an experience. You create a story for somebody else to tell you, you, you have when people go to dinner the next week or catching up with an old friend and they can say, check this out about what happened about what we did. It wasn't so much. You're bragging about something new that you bought or something. They have a story they can share with somebody. And it's not just about the event. They can remember when somebody's boat might've tumbled over or when somebody won by a, by a hair um, and so that's one thing that I think that creating events is so valuable in and then people want to be a part of their own story too so they hear these stories and they say I want a story to tell
0: yeah I, I love that concept because what you you're really doing is through it you're inviting more people to experience and they're not just experiencing the story of hey it was fun I got on a boat we we rode on down the river which the way you guys do it is is a blast But you've invited them into the experience of the end user, the recipient. And so they're coming face to face with the people who are finding benefit Mm -hmm. from what you guys have done. And asking
1: for feedback is always great too after the event. I mean, just as much as we would call them before the event to plan for it, afterward we say, Thank you for being here. What did you think? Did you have a good time? You know, what going forward could we do um, to make this? better for for you or, f- or for more fun, easier to get to whatever fill in the blank it is because feedback is so important. And sometimes criticism is hard to hear, but then at the same time, isn't that what we're here to do is to grow. Uh, we wanna grow the impact we can make in our community and we can't do that without the community partners.
0: Yeah, and Rebecca, let me ask you a really interesting question here because if, if somebody has no clue other than what we've described of the Dragon Boat Festival, um, we talk about a 46 foot boat. Is that right? 46 feet long, 21 rowers. My preconception that they might have is we're talking about a bunch of guys in their twenties going out on the river and paddling a boat. Does that stereotype fit at all?
1: Not even a little bit. And that's almost the comedy aspect of it is because you're sitting in a boat next to your dentist you're sitting next to um, somebody's uncle or aunt or, and then you also have young groups. We have different gyms who have done it. Um, The atmosphere of competition is huge too um, because we have boats of law firms versus their their biggest competitor or accounting firms. And creating that sense of competition is great for a fundraising atmosphere as well because not only do they want to be the fastest boat, but they also want to raise the most money.
0: Mm So again, you're seeing people of all different ages, you've got both genders, you're seeing a lot of unique participation. And I think there's something exciting about what does it look like when we invite more people into our community? Mm-hmm. In our September issue of our magazine, we're going to ask the question, what does it look like for us to embrace our whole community? And I think, Rebecca, as you've described it, you're seeking to invite people in to embrace their community as they take part in this giving process, and, and there's something that's lighting a spark in each of us. There's a Fuse, I think, that, that's being lit, so to speak. That's, uh, that's that, the that, name. Yeah. There, there's a lot that's going on here, and I think there's a lot to learn. Rebecca, let me ask real quick. If somebody wants to learn a little bit more about what Fuse is doing, if they want to ask some questions, uh, mm-hmm. what's an easy way for them to make contact with the Fuse project and, and maybe go to that next level?
1: Yeah, so FuseProject.org is our website. We do update it absolutely regularly, everything from past things that we've done to future um, projects. And um, We're on social media with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, but then also, like I said, it's about connections. You can always email me personally, even directly, uh, which is just Rebecca at FuseProject.org. All
0: right, and just in case you're wondering, if you're listening to the uh, podcast, that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Rebecca. Uh, So yeah, absolutely. And I I love the sense that you guys are accessible. I love that you're part of the community I love that you're thinking in new and creative ways And and that the new and creative ways come out in in each stage of your journey as you Prepare for an event as you carry it out as as you continue through the process. So uh, I'm really excited to continue the conversation on Thursday night, every Thursday, we, we try to continue the conversation because we believe that it's one thing to hear somebody talk about it. It's another thing to think about how do you implement it in your own organization. So every Thursday, we run what's called hashtag nonprofit chat. It's a Twitter chat. It's an opportunity for you to seek questions. We have six questions that we use to prompt you. And we want you to dig deep and think about what would this look like in my nonprofit. okay? I'm not asking you to, to create your own dragon boat race because you might be in an area that has no water or you might be in an area that just doesn't work. But what would be that innovative solution that would help you, like what Fuse Project has done in their own backyard, to be able to embrace their community, to be able to go out, to be able to have impact? I think that's the exciting thing. So we want to invite you again. Hashtag Nonprofit Chat, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. We get into these questions, and it's a great opportunity to go deeper into the discussion. Rebecca, this has been fantastic. Really appreciate what you well, guys are doing. In, in, in. Absolutely. Honored to be here. Absolutely. Folks, thrilled to have you in. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, it's, it's the middle of June. It's getting hot. Hope you're having a great time, and I hope your nonprofit – Your organization is excelling as you think in new and creative ways. Thanks for joining us for the Nonprofit Exchange. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more
1: top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.